Hello there and welcome to the hosts of Westworld, a fan critical podcast. Tonight we will be discussing episode 6 titled Phase Space. Uh, we will be giving our thoughts on the episode before handing the reins to Len with his crazy accurate Reddit theory. Pretty accurate, pretty accurate John. Getting one a week at the moment. There you go. So we've, uh, we have introduced you Len. Yeah. Um, I'm now going to introduce Emma. Hi. And our little buddy down in Australia, it's Gaz. Yo, what's up? You will notice we are down one member uh, as Lucy cannot be with us. Uh, she's not dead or anything, um, but we'll be channeling her throughout. So there you go. She's not dead. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to get everyone's initial thoughts on the episode. I think this is going to be quite divisive. So I am going to start with you, Len. Oh, God. Mr. Hype Man, or okay. formerly known as Hype Man. Formerly known as Mr. Hype. Now, because uh, I gave something four out of five last week, you, you know, you, I'm not the Hype Man anymore. But um, Correct. So what, Phase Space, episode six. We're on episode six of the season. Yes. Um, Have you do done any prep for this? I've done a lot of prep, mate. Done <laughs> right, a lot of prep. okay. I've actually watched this episode twice now, obviously. Research, yeah, yep. for the podcast. Mm. Um, I preferred it on a second viewing. Um, and I will say that I think the episode is a bit disjointed. Um, I think some of the scenes don't really marry up together. They don't really edit well together. I don't like the way it jumps around. However, there are two excellent scenes in this episode, um, which we'll come on to later. Very good character performances from certain actors. And the reveal at the end, I also loved and was like literally jumping out of my chair going, yes, I knew it because there has been so much discussion <laughs> For before the season and on Facebook with loads of different people about will a certain character reappear this season? And everyone was like, no. And a lot of people were like, yes. And it's like, it's finally. And then other people were went, like, no. no. Yeah. And then we went, yes. And yes, it's, yeah, it's just good that yes, to have no, yes, to no. have it, you know, confirmed now that we're getting this character's return. So, John, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a blueberry score and a blueberry score that we give to um, everything that we do here. So if you're a first time listener, what we do is it's a, a scale of uh, zero to five. Uh, five being the maximum, and you cannot give a half. Uh, I'm going to give it four blueberries today. Um, I just, you know, I really enjoyed it on a second viewing. Um, I picked up on a lot of things I did it in the first viewing, and I have to say some of the acting was superb. Emma, are you going to share Len's uh, enthusiasm? No. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm a bit mixed about this episode. I'm, I'm largely one way rather than the other. Um, I thought it was bookended by two amazing scenes that I really, really loved. Yeah. Um, actually, I will disagree with Len on, on one bit that was a, a negative from him, that it, it jumped around and was a bit disjointed. I liked the moving around. So obviously, last episode, we were predominantly in one <coughs> place and that was, I enjoyed it, but less enjoyable for me than seeing multiple uh, sets of characters and I, and I quite like that we got a bit of a mixture um overall though I found it somewhat underwhelming but there were some really great things in it so as I said you know the the beginning and end scenes fantastic and and a bit in the middle with them um, with Maeve and Ghost Nation that really sparked some interest in me um however having given my scores so far on the episodes of this season and I'm slightly afraid that Len might like stab his beer can in my face at this point. <laughs> no one should be scared nope. to score this. <clears throat> no, never be afraid. I am really afraid. Um, I did not enjoy it as much as Shogun World. Uh, therefore, I am going to have to score this episode a two. Oh my god! Blueberries out of five. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> could see it coming. That beer can is being sharpened right now in the background. Yeah, I knew it. So All right, so we, to be afraid. Uh, so we have uh, a four out of five blueberries. We have a two out of five blueberries. Uh, Gaz, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm, I am leaning towards uh, towards Emma's thoughts. I um, found it. I agree with Len. It was disjointed, and um, some of it was like overly technical and and just hard to follow. I also considered two blueberries. I'm going to be honest, and then I thought I can't, in all good consciousness. Give Ooh. this show, even with my um, um, with my reservations of this season so far, I can't give it less than fifty percent. Um, and on that basis, I am going to give this one just it scrapes in at three blueberries. Fair. What do you think, John? Cool. So my review is almost uh, I'm close to saying verbatim uh, to what Gaz has just said. If not for the end scene. 
which uh, made me giddy, and it did. Um, I would have gone two out of five. Um, there are parts of this episode that are a fucking drag. Um, yep. Now, I might say this is the worst episode of Westworld they've ever done. Mm, that's um, an interesting comment. Genuinely. Genuinely. I, I think it, it might be the worst episode they've done. Certainly the worst of this season. Um, I can't remember finding an episode in season one that was this hard work. Um, having said that, again, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll echo the, the sentiment, Gaz. It's very difficult to, to give a show like this uh, a two out of five. Um, so again, I would say it scrapes uh, a three out of five. There is there is something magical about Westworld and the fact that it's one of the few TV shows that makes you think, but just before the cusp of thinking too much. And I, you know, maybe it's a slightly different perspective for you know you guys, John and Len, because you've you've watched it twice. But I I do think it was the least enjoyable Westworld episode I've ever mm. seen. Last point I want to I, I want to make on on this, like you know, we we obviously all of us love Game of Thrones and. One of the things that we love about Game of Thrones is all the theories that go on in the background and the fact that there's this big community that can talk about what they think is really going on and where they think it's going and who's who. And and Westworld, Westworld has that, and I guess there's an argument that that's, that's what it is. It's got all of this in the background. But Game of Thrones works on a surface level as well. Like immediately you watch an episode and it makes sense and you can follow you can follow the progression of a character while still speculating where they're going, but enjoying the literal journey that they're taking. With this, it's like you're totally reliant on the background, the the guesses and the theories of where they're going and what their purpose is. And that doesn't make for initial exciting viewing. Yeah, no, fair enough. So this week we return to multiple story threads um, as this episode covers five, yes, five stories yeah. Uh, some of them are quite short, but yeah. that's fine. Uh, we have Dolores and Teddy. Uh, we have Maeve and Shogun World. We have Charlotte Hale and Stubbs. We have Bernard and Elsie. Bernard, Bernie. Uh, and finally, the man in black and his daughter, Emily. As always, I'm not necessarily going to follow the episode as it runs. I'll focus on each story thread as they play out from start to end. Before any of that, once again, as I did last week, I'm going to contradict myself uh, and discuss another story. So we begin and we get initially uh, what looks like a replay of the very first scene um, of this season, which is yeah. uh, Arnold and Dolores. Mm-hmm. Um, but that changes abruptly. So Arnold, as we believe it to be Arnold, uh, yeah, uh, says, says something and Dolores says, uh, no, he didn't say that. Uh, he didn't say that. He said, uh, I'm not sure what choice to make. He didn't question whether or not he had agency, whether or not he had the right to end me or himself, but whether he should. And then uh, Ben Arnold, we'll call him at this Binyard. point. <laughs> Binyard. Binyard. Uh, says, uh, I don't understand, Dolores. Uh, is is this some kind of improvisation? And then she says, freeze all motor functions. Uh, sit. This is a test. One we've done countless times. And he says, what are you testing for? And she says, fidelity. Oh, shit, son. Yeah, so then everyone is like, oh, fucking hell, man. man. Who is that guy? So, excellent uh, little opening, I think. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. I love... And that's it. That's the peak of the episode. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there was was some actual intense speculation on Reddit um, and in, uh, like, a lot of of forums uh, that this actually was... The way, you know, this was guessed a, a while ago. We never really brought it up here because I didn't really believe it. But um, <laughs> turns out I was wrong. I don't um, believe it. It's not yeah. going in theory um, corner. Yeah. But yeah, so there was a lot of chat about this. Now, this is extremely interesting. Obviously, the fidelity word coming up again. Yep. A, a mm-hmm. link back to Riddle of the Sphinx, which was the high point of the season, in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. Excellent um, And... This is interesting. Where has Dolores picked up this information from? Mm. Does she remember this from a conversation with William, et cetera, et cetera, because it's so well linked. So it's very interesting, John. And in Theory Corner, I will provide a bit of information that will help us determine timelines and 
you know, realities uh, later on in Theory Corner. So look forward to that one. Well, realities is a big question in in this Mm. episode, isn't it? Which is one of the most fascinating things about it. I mean, for me, this is, as I said, one of the two incredible scenes in this episode. Yeah. Um, And it was when it was like, no, he didn't say that. What? Oh, my God. And it just like completely. Well, it was better than that. I told you I played Dolores like I want to play her. All yeah, right? yeah. Um, There's a reason Emma didn't get the job. Yeah, but she's still trying. Yeah. Did uh, Did anyone else um, notice the uh, the aspect ratio? Yes. So this uh, well, I may as well mention it now, John, and uh, as you've just brought it up, the um, I was going to save the aspect ratio theory for the end, but it's not really a theory and more of a sort of storytelling device used by the director here to yeah. sort of give us a bit of a helping hand because although the episode is quite confusing as we said and there's mm. a lot of technical knowledge like just thrust at us yeah um he uses the aspect ratio to signify to us when this conversation is happening in the what i'm going to call the cradle dimension um <laughs> anything if you notice the aspect ratio goes to a 16 by 9 letterboxing Uh, For this opening scene and also later on in the episode when we go into the cradle when Bernard is walking through and discovers what he discovers. Bignardi. Bignardi. So that is pretty much verbatim now that whenever you see this letterboxing, it is the cradle dimension or, you know, the host server world. Um, Yeah, I can't wait until they fuck everyone up when like it's just all blue tint. What's going on here? What What world world is is this? this? Avatar world. (laughs) <laughs> yes. yes yeah it's good that yeah good that have you got a comedy writer this week <laughs> yeah cool um, so let's just crack on with uh, uh, one of the first stories and um, it probably won't surprise you to know I'm going to start with Charlotte Hale and Stubbs uh, oh yeah because it's like just get them out of the way there is a highlight I say a highlight it's a low light but we'll get on to him shortly um, oh god so we get a uh, so we get Stubbs' uh, origin story. Yeah? So it's a film, isn't it? Uh, Hale says, Where the fuck have you been? Yes. And why does he not answer? Host. Probably. He's a host. Very oh. possible. Um, Abernathy's gagged. And nothing else. A uh, little Skype sesh with Delos. <laughs> Got Abernathy in that. Uh, come, come on. Sort us out. Uh, right, we need to keep Abernathy from escaping. Uh, so maybe like a bit of rope or something. Or... <laughs> Actually, no, let's crucify him. What's going on there? Uh, have you got that bolt gun? Yeah, so if you could just shoot like about 10 fucking bolts. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, fucking I hell. Did anybody realise what that was when they picked it up? Because uh, I thought it was some kind of weird, like, let's destabilise him with, like, rays or something. Yeah, no, I, I don't 10 know. inch nails. I don't, know how disturbed <laughs> I, I don't know how disturbed I am as, like, a person, because when they said, oh, we need to immobilise him, I was like, right, just chop his legs off. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no, I thought that that's what they were going to do, but, like, with some kind of radiation or something. What? Like, what well, are you on radiation. about? <laughs> like, you know, like... I am Hulk! Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Abernathy story's got more interesting. Um, oh god what a complicated way of looking at things Emma like you see a, a bolt gun and go oh yeah this must be the radiation they use to demobilise his legs <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck so Stubbs looks concerned host he's a host I mean, 100% yeah, he's, he's been filled in by something that we haven't been oh, filled oh, in yeah, by oh. uh, <laughs> yeah big week for uh, he was with the fucking ghost nation that is grim <laughs> been filled in by Ghost Nation. Jesus, motherfucker. Bet he wish he was crucified now. Next, we see the introduction of possibly the worst actor uh, so far in Westworld, uh, a guy called Coughlin. Um, I genuinely made me sick how bad he was. <laughs> Quit playing with those shoots. Cut away and toss it over the goddamn side. <laughs> if we lose any tech, it's coming out of your ass. Uh, and then Stubbs is like, you Coughlin? Uh... And he goes, Ashley Stubbs, blah, blah, blah. Hal's been expecting you. It's like, yeah, no shit. Angles. Yes, sir. I want this station hot and ready in fucking 15. Uh, and then Engels is like, on it. Uh, where the fuck is Charlotte? She sent a distress call. Uh, he's like, yeah, waiting down in behavior. Um, I've got our tech guys in control working on getting external back online. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll show you, show you in. You know, polite and that. I know the layout, bro. And your techs best get their hands out of my system and go back to holding their dicks. 
amateur hours over. What is wrong with this guy? He's awful. To be fair to him, though, he's got a killer moustache. And that was my first thought. I, I thought good moustache. Yeah. Hey, this guy, this guy knows how to grow a moustache. Uh, he then says, "That's great. Did uh, did you shot off the killer robots? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? Um, which is actually a line, but very prevalent to uh, oh. just discuss that story. Unbelievable. Um, Gaz, I'm gonna open it up to you. Uh, what do you make of that story, Stubbs and Abernathy? Uh, getting ray gunned um, with radiation, obviously, um, and the worst actor in history ever. <laughs> I, I I'm just I'm lost with Stubbs. Like, um, I, I can't I can't follow his story. He's he's back and forth. He's with the Ghost Nation. He's released from the Ghost Nation. He's running around with Charlotte Hale. He's not with Charlotte Hale. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, there's obviously and... something going on with uh, Stubbs that we're, <clears throat> we're just not clued in into yet. Um, yeah. And the thing is, there's so many other interesting things going on in terms of theorising. Um, everyone's kind of just forgotten about Stubbs. Like at the end of the first season, we were all kind of theorising, oh, maybe Stubbs is a host. But now, you know, even the chatter online is just sort of dead towards it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, know what oh, I mean? you think Stubbs is a host? I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely <laughs> fair. He's 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 been um, overshadowed, hasn't he? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, overshadowed in the show and in real life by his brothers. I mean, oh. one brother in particular. But yeah. oh, hello there. This is the advert section of this podcast. Um, straight off the bat, thanks to Zimbio, we are officially one of the top twenty sci-fi and fantasy. Fantasy is in, you know, fantasy, not, you know, not sexual. Uh, Well, yeah, maybe that's another list. But we are one of the top 20 in the world. Officially better than Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast, which still blows my mind today. Um, This is, of course, the hosts of Westworld. If you are enjoying, please share, like and subscribe. If you visit our website, our website being Fan Critical, which is our parent podcast, do please click the huge subscribe buttons on our website. <laughs> you can also find uh, the host of Westworld and our parent podcast, Fan Critical, on all the major podcasting apps, including iTunes and Spotify. We have just finished our Deadpool 2 podcast. Uh, if you have seen it and you want to know our thoughts, mine and Len, really, it was a bit of a duo podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, bit of a bromance. Bromance. Um, then yeah please do listen to that that is on our parent podcast Fan Critical Uh, we are also going to be covering Solo Uh, when's that out Len? that will be out by the end of this week John probably Thursday or Friday exciting stuff other than that that's enough plugging now back to the pod so next we're going to cover and I can't quite believe that we're going to cover a Mib story this early but it's Mib and Daughter Lawrence says you really want to take your daughter through here Looks can be deceiving, Lawrence. So there you go, that's me, Mib. Yeah, not bad. Good, yeah, yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah. Uh, you're really gunning for me this hard, Ford. Make my own daughter into a host. Yeah, good line. Good line, because it, it addresses everything that the audience has been thinking for several episodes. Once again, the Nolan and Joy combo, trying to subvert all of the Redditors out there, coming up with loads of theories. I mean, it's interesting that they, they brought that up, because they didn't need to do that. Like, yeah. it's but a very it, interesting decision. It yeah. raises so many of the queries that I think we have as an audience, which is consistently going, are you a host or a person yes. or both? And that is the problem. <laughs> I mean, or both. Well, Bernard, and maybe. Well. I mean, th- th- that's the problem with the show, to be fair, is the fact that there's always the out card of, oh, they were a host or, mm. you know, and that can be a problem. But I think they're handling it quite well by overtly bringing it up in this instance. Only game I'm interested in playing is getting the fuck out of Dodge. Good line. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I like her, by the way. Yeah, yeah, very robotic. No, <laughs> I think she's cool. Um, uh, that game begins right up the river here. Follow it down to the beach and wait for QA to come rescue you. There he goes, nice dad, isn't he? Hmm. Uh, ooh, easy. Uh, they're not real Ghost Nation arrows. Oh shit! Uh, Emily then kills everyone. She's a handy gunslinger. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. I quite liked it. Good shot for a host. Um. <laughs> I thought you didn't drink. Uh, ah, that's in the real world. Glad you can still tell the difference. 
It's interesting, isn't it? Gosh. Yeah. Maybe, well, look, maybe drink is his, like, it's like Inception, isn't it? With the, the little spinny top thing. His corner, his cornerstone, perhaps, you know, yes. <laughs> booze. His booze, yeah. I think my cornerstone is booze, to be honest. Mine Probably. definitely is. Uh, I thought you were done with the family business. The Raj was always her favourite as a kid. The look on Mib's face when Emily says, I was old enough to try out the pleasure palaces. <laughs> <laughs> that was good from her, to be fair. Pleasure, but wants to please you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a laugh as a kid, but, you know, grow up, Dad. God, a bit embarrassing for him. Uh, well, yeah, but if I'm such a loser, what are you doing here? Well, I'm not going to let you go out in some bullshit blaze of glory. Oh, is that a threat? Well, no, Dad, I'm asking. Oh. Yeah. Mib, with a tear in his eye, says, Hmm, you've charmed me. <laughs> Uh, and then completely mugs her off when he disappeared in the morning. Now, motherfucker. I mean, can we just say that this scene for me is the standout acting performance of the episode? Um, You're Ed, not wrong, not about Ed, Coughlin. What? No, Coughlin, Coughlin bless him. <laughs> he tried. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he did. Ed Harris here is just absolutely smashing the season to pieces. Mm. I mean, and this. The, the new actress playing Emily, she's also very, very, very good. Like, she, I believe everything that she says, the dynamic between them, I bought into their relationship instantly. I could feel the, like, devastation from her side and his side um, when they're recounting their previous trips <clears throat> and, and talking about um, her mother and his wife. Yeah. Um, tragic. Mm. Um, and like you said, had a tear in his eye. Mm. And... This season, if you had said to me that I'd feel this way I'd, like about the man in black as I do now, yeah, I would just never have believed you. The the transformation in the character is excellent. I know he mugged her off in the morning, yeah, um, but just the general this scene and just my feelings towards the man in black is my favorite. He's my favorite character at the moment, John, mm. and I didn't think I'd be saying that at the start of this season. Didn't you think it was good to see, um, to see Mib? Have have somebody who's a bit of a match for him conversationally because he's kind of he's he's dominated every single conversation he's had, um you know because he's talking to Lawrence who has no idea what's going on. Um, <laughs> Leave Lawrence alone. Howdy, partner. <laughs> There's a snake in my boots. <laughs> Somebody's poison the waterhole. He's not as good. Yeah, natural good as point. So it was good to see him him be a little bit flummoxed. Occasionally, a bit bamboozled. Right. Can I just bring up here that he he also mugged her off when he got her confused with her mother when they were talking <laughs> about what Raj World was like when she was a kid. Well, yeah, was he testing and, her? Well, so for me, I mean, it's a bit bit mugging off, but that was just my way to bring this in. Um, Muggy. But but also, it's just such a shame that he can no longer like he can remember everything that's happened in Westworld in the last thirty years, but he can't remember that his daughter wasn't afraid of the elephants. She bloody loved them. Was well, he testing he her? Could again, no, though. I don't think she was. And, and John's, he was. John's nailed something. <laughs> well, on there the... you go. Well, we fidelity, yeah. John's nailed something on the head here, um, which is it could have been a test, and I'm not actually going to bring this up in theory corner because I know it, you know, annoys John to hell when I say that the man in black might be a host. Yeah, you're you're going the other way. Um, no, I'm not going to say anything about either of them this episode. Actually. <laughs> but I am oh, going to say, I'm, no, I'm going to say right now that that it's either a test from the man in black or it, it's her fooling him, and it's a fidelity test on him. So it's a Ooh. test from either character. Mm. Now that's an interesting prospect mm. we've mentioned on several uh, of our previous podcasts the fact that the man in black might be a host if you want to hear our theories on that please go back and listen to them mm. we will bring it up again as the season goes on because my favorite theory involves a host version of the man in black um no. but it's an interesting situation where it's a test from either one of them there i think we're free to discuss story three are we not yeah let's go for it was that uh, dolores is it it is yeah so we've got dolores and teddy uh relatively short so feel free to interrupt okay uh, so Dolores is playing the piano for some reason. Well, um, interesting. Well, do you want to give me a reason? Uh, interesting because if you take the end scene, for example, with Ford, okay. extremely interesting. Reflective. Yeah. Um, that's all I'll But you wouldn't have thought that as you are watching it. No, 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 no. But no, have but... to remember, these notes are live notes. I know, I know. I'm just saying it's like, you know, you don't watch The Prestige and then at the beginning go, oh, that's happened. You watch it at the end and go, <laughs> All that's happened. That was a wicked film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, but, Why have you brought up the prestige? Uh, that's a fair point. Because that's a very good film. It as is an example film, yeah. of this. 
Yeah. New Teddy wants to get on with it. Come on, let's uh, can we just go kill some people. How many times did you get off that train? Uh, yeah, forget about that, Teddy. I'm fixed, yeah? I've worked out. I'm cool now. I want to kill people. What do you guys think of new, like, te- Teddy? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, um, what I've got more of an opinion on is Dolores being surprised at it. Like, she's like, whoa, what's going on with Teddy? Gaz, you're right about Dolores' reaction. What I'll say about Teddy is, um, like, I quite liked James Marsden's performance here because it wasn't like a... We all speculated that it was going to be a super dramatic change and he was going to turn into, like, Wyatt Mm. 2.0. But what's actually happened is he's still Teddy and he even makes references to the fact that she's changed his coding. Yeah. Like, you you fixed that, like she she says on several occasions, or you've seen to that. Mm. Um, And the way he says it is with such disdain. Like, like he's now not even... He, he actually despises Dolores for what she's done, but his coding is making him do these things. It's very interesting. So when I say I'm not sure, <clears throat> I'm not sure, I think, how much I love new Teddy. Because mm. him and he is, he's kind of the kick-ass Teddy you wanted him to be, but he hates Dolores right now. And I am really enjoying Well, he's going to seeing... get on with Angela, isn't he? Well, well, you know. Probably more likely with, um, what's the other one called? Stubbs. <laughs> Coughlin Teddy and Dolores will go oh I forgot to turn down the amount that you like all the other characters <laughs> um, but I really like actually and you nailed it there Len his disdain for Dolores in, mm. in this kind of scenario I really like that because it again you know goes back to the juxtaposition between Dolores and Maeve and there you know I'll give you sentience but do with it what you like not I'll give you sentience but actually I won't I'm just going to make you be my violent pawn yeah. Oh. oh, I said that. Yeah. Violent porn. Teddy guns down some guy in cold blood. Um, brutal. Yeah. Uh, we'll find him, refer- referencing Abernathy. Uh, Dolores wonders what she's done. Angela has a crush. She looks impressed with new Teddy. Uh, we're going to call him Deddy. Um, why? Well, because why not? Because that's what he's doing. If you knew someone that was oh, called okay. Teddy that then started killing everyone... You go, well, he's a bit more like Daddy, is he not? One of the last things my daddy told me was that I should run from this place. You think that's right? And he says, uh, I never thought I'd want to leave, but suppose you fix that too. Yeah, disdain. Yeah, fuming. Uh, That's the last of my mercy. Better use it fast. Uh, Poor guy. Uh, Train heads to, to the Mesa. Explosion. If there's any justice... It's killed that Coughlin guy. <laughs> that just would be amazing. Just off the bat. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's a big chain with a bam on it. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I, th- I think Coughlin redeemed himself there when he just like looked at the map and went, what the fuck is that? <laughs> well, the fast thing was on a train track, so why don't you use your brain, mate? What's <laughs> that fast thing on the train tracks there? You're supposed to be the fucking expert. What are you doing here? Anyway, let's uh, not talk about Coughlin again. The plan to use the train, uh, rigged with explosives, very interesting. We know from the two weeks um, ahead or a week now ahead timeline, that the present day timeline, that um, Abernathy uh, isn't in the clutches of Charlotte Hale and Delos. So we know that somehow they rescue him. We know that they're making assault an assault on the cradle and also the Mesa. So it's, it's extremely interesting at this point of the plan. Uh, and I think you're going to be happy, John, because we don't see Coughlin in the present day timeline either. So yeah. he must be a goner at some point. Good. Wow. Thank goodness. Cool. So we're going to move on to Maeve and Shogun World. Um, I know the I know the the trainee samurai and the expert samurai are getting excited. Oh. Um, <sighs> smoking samurai, heavy breathing, <laughs> and unlimited death. Mm. Um, a lot of chopped heads in half here. Sounds like a club, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, have you been to... Uh... Unlimited death. Unlimited... Well, smoking, smoking samurai. samurai. <laughs> You've been smoking samurai? Ah, I can't get in, mate. Um, heavy breathing. <laughs> unlimited death. I've got unlimited death, though. Um, it's quite a cool opening scene. Yeah, I liked it. Really liked it. Uh, May throws down her sword. 
Is it annoying we didn't get to see her in action? Yes. Well, this is the same argument that we have with Game of Thrones. It's a budgetary issue. You know, uh, it's like season one of Game of Thrones. You know, Tyrion gets knocked out, wakes up. Oh, the battle's over. Um, (laughs) You know, it's the same situation here. They've had a lot of decent set pieces this season. Yeah. Um, I think they have to cut budgetary corners where they can. Obviously, Mm. there's a lot more coming up as well. So I'm, I'm okay with them skipping this one. Trainee yeah. Samurai Gaz, do you think that Thandy Newton, a.k.a. Maeve, would have made a good samurai robot? I refuse to respond to that now. <gasps> um, um, <laughs> Emma, you should ask the expert. And yes, I think she's got the potential. Thanks, yeah. Len, for answering my question. You have to remember Gaz, Gareth, off. Uh, but you have to remember Gareth is a trainee, so he doesn't know the answer to is that Is he yet. not allowed by... He's still like, like washing cars in the, uh, in the oh, car park. Like, <laughs> the real samurai. <laughs> Um, no, don't wash the car with the sword. You've damaged the car. Forgiveness. Um, anyway, so uh, Akane tends to the body of Sakura. Tends. Anybody um, else think at first? I, I thought she was committing seppuku. I was like, well, no, don't do it. Um, but luckily she wasn't. Just cutting out a heart. That's fine. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, two clueless samurai attempt to challenge Maeve. Uh, one kills the other, then slits his own throat. Brilliant. What are they thinking? Well, they're not, they're hosts, so don't. Mm. Uh, the assassin and her witch. Ah, our captured crew from last week are still alive. Yay. Good. Yay. Tanaka! Obviously, he doesn't say it like that. Um, but, you know, a little bit. Uh, let us have our jewel instead. All right. Fight me and show your men you're not a puppet or deny me. And prove you're a coward. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, very good. <laughs> it's probably better in Japanese, but um, I could have just done that in some sort of aggressive voice, but it would have been awful. Give Musashi his blade. Akane says, help him. Use your voodoo magic, please. Uh, and she says, no, we each deserve unnecessary pause to choose our own fate. This is important later. They duel. It's great. Musashi, of course, wins. Um, he cuts the guy's hand off. I mean, that was brutal. But then he's like, right, he gives him the chance to off himself and then cuts his head off. Like, yeah, tradition. As very is, as very tradition. traditional. Very traditional. As is tradition. That's what I did to Len when we fought in our samurai training. Turns out I'm a host, though, so it's all right. Musashi's great, isn't he? Like, he's the sort of character you want to see more of. It. Oh, pretty stereotypical, but, you know, that, like, rogue with honour. Yeah, kind of guy. Rogue Ronin. Everybody, mm. everybody loves him. As we mentioned last week, Gaz, he does all of his own um, stunts. He is trained in the way of the sword. He is trained in the way of the samurai. So, <laughs> so he's he's a pretty useful guy to have on set. Tells all the women that trains trains his own sword. Musashi, I fucks the hell out of Akane. <laughs> she reciprocates. Now watch that scene again. I feel like he'd fucked me as I was watching that. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just such like passionate. Sizemore finds a hole. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, don't do that to the hole. Uh, Sylvester throws a head down it. Oh. Fucking hell, that's a <laughs> <laughs> Of course, it isn't a freeway. Uh, there's an actual hole in the floor. Um, to throw a head down it, I mean, fucking hell. Try a head. Right, I've just thrown the head down there. Go on then, jump in. Well, no, absolutely not. It doesn't even look like a slide. It just <laughs> looks like a straight down hole. <laughs> Death hole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, jump on, in get that down death, the death hole. hole. A ceremony for Sakura takes place. We won't be going with you. What do you mean? We just dedicated an entire episode introducing you as new characters and now you want to leave. Fucking typical. We each deserve to choose our own fates. So there you go. Which is good. Uh, yeah. And like you said, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see them again this season. I can't see us not seeing them, seeing them again. We've spent a lot of time with them. They'll... They'll return in some way, shape or form, or Maeve will go back for them or something like that. I, I just can't see us not rejoining those characters. Yeah, I agree. It's a beautiful scene, the um, Sakura ceremony, you know, Mount, Mount Fuji um, replica in the background and just a, a typical Japanese scene with koi carp and Shinto shrines and stuff. It's just, it, that is, it genuinely looks beautiful. Are the koi real koi, or are they hosts? Hosts, aren't they? Are oh, they? Who knows, though? Maeve finds her daughter. Yay. Maeve's daughter calls someone else mummy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Awkward. Sad. 
Yeah. No, sorry, I'm going to interrupt right at this point. <laughs> this is the most disappointing part of the episode for me. Not because Are of you ma- mad? No, no, not because whoa, of the scene. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because I'm disappointed in Maeve. She should not. She should. She's better than this. She should have obsessed known. though. But, but it shows how human she's becoming how naive she is because she's so driven on this goal she's not like you know it's an emotive situation she wanted her to be better than that well no because we want her to be more human so we want her to make these mistakes we Mm. want her to have these emotional conflicts that we have Mm. um this scene was amazingly acted acted by uh, Tandy Newton. She was wicked in this scene. She she was amazing. Um, and I'm not saying that the scene wasn't amazing. Yeah. I'm just in my heart. I'm just really sad it that she had to heart. go through it because she didn't yeah. realize obviously new robot mum. Hey, well, you know, new. Op- yeah. I mean, it was emotional. I mean, I you know, I it was, didn't break my heart. I was very sad at this point. This was a sad scene, and uh, you know, it's. It, six or seven episodes she's been looking for her daughter to have this moment the music beautifully done by Raman Dwari again swelled at the right points uh, swelling Maeve's acting on point mm. and just it just was heartbreaking to the realisation that her daughter isn't you know sentient or um, hasn't necessarily been through the same journey that she's been through or any of the other hosts potentially have been through um, so yep great scene and I want to see more of Maeve and her daughter in the next episode please well, and also the stuff about Maeve that I, th- I think is interesting is comparing it to what I think Dolores would do in that situation. Well, Dolores would likely uh, just force the child to become sentient and realise that Maeve that is, is her grim. real mum. That's grim if that's <laughs> the case. Yeah. But she would. That's what Dolores would well, do. Well, I'm your mummy now. <laughs> um, yeah. Fucking that's weird, isn't it? You are my mother. Yeah. Yes. You are um, um, No, but she would. And actually watching Maeve not do that is, is quite beautiful. Ghost Nation. Now... <laughs> Like Are they it. just knocking about around the corner waiting for this to happen? Well, <laughs> we know from previous flashbacks that the Ghost Nation on their loop uh, do go to this homestead. And I assume if Maeve's just been swapped out for this other mother, mm. the Ghost Nation usually kill um, the, the mother and the daughter in this situation. Mm. That is their loop. So, And Maeve's had mm, these convenient flashbacks. Convenient timing. Well, it is convenient timing, but you've got to let some of these things go. Otherwise, it would be a boring I've story. I've already let the other stuff go. Yeah, but... It's interesting that Maeve's constant nightmares about the Ghost Nation uh, have come to fruition here, but but the Ghost Nation theory that we mentioned Ooh. a couple of seasons, uh, right. a couple of episodes yeah. ago about them protecting humans, um, was proved right. There's obviously more at play here <clears throat> with Ghost Nation than we realise. Yeah. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. Don't be interrupting my notes, man. Okay, sorry. Uh, so Ghost Nation, turn up. Can you guys go away, please? Is what I wrote. Um. And then the Ghost Nation guy says to Maeve, come with us. We're meant for the same path. Love, love, love that. And uh, I wrote, hmm. Ghost Nation then just get absolutely wiped out. Or, I mean, they're being dealt with very easily um, by... uh, Hector. Yeah, Hector and Armistice and Japanese Armistice. Yeah, Japanistice. Yeah. That's cool. Just watching them absolutely wipe them, that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and they're obviously, all right, they're kind of just zombies following um, Maeve, but they're not being controlled in the way that everyone else is that follows Dolores. It's quite, yeah. like, it seems like they actually give a shit. They're, will- they're willing followers, aren't they? they, yeah, they, yeah. they They've been given the choice and they've chosen to follow Maeve. Yeah. So Maeve runs away, uh, even though, you know, she's got the power to zombie power, zombie magic, voodoo power. Um, but she doesn't use it. She runs away, and then Sizemore calls for help on his little walkie-talkie. Mm, interesting from Sizemore. He doesn't seem to learn his lesson. Yeah, I'm but... pretty certain his end will be coming soon. Um, <laughs> although he's been a good noogin agenda. Yeah, what a turnaround? Been... What? <laughs> what turnaround? I don't want his end to come now. Do you? No, no, no. We don't want him to die. But I think he's been given one too many chances by the hosts here, and yet again, he's he's made a. Silly mistake, you know. A boo-boo. A boo-boo, and it's going to maybe come back to haunt him. Mm. Uh, well, I hope not. Um, and I can't quite believe I'm saying this, but, I mean, look, Sizemore's been great this season. Yeah, he's been good. Um, Much improved. Most improved player goes to Lee Sizemore. Yeah, I mean, look, he has been relentless uh, this this series. Yeah. Almost. Um, I can't wait for the end of next season when I'm like, that Coughlin is just unbelievable. <laughs> um, the turnaround. Yeah, the turnaround, honestly, just in tears. Right, we're going to move on to uh, the last story thread, which is Bernard and, uh, or Bernard. 
Benyade. Uh, Benyade and uh, and Elsie. Mm. Uh, so Elsie makes a joke. Uh, Bernard doesn't react. He's got to be hard work to spend time with. <laughs> Do you not think? Just knocking about with him, just like... There's nothing about him that's even remotely friendly or... You just feel an edge, wouldn't you? Particularly if he's already attacked you and locked you in a fucking cave. Yeah. Like, you'd be a bit like, come on, look, I'm, I've forgiven you. Didn't you give him the gun at one point as well? Like, what's she thinking? Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So they end up in uh, another little secret base thing. Uh, white hat, black hat on the floor. That's the entrance to the... Um, that is the same entrance to the park that William and Logan entered uh, after they had get, get changed and they, the final room where they choose what hat they want to have. Yeah. That's the welcome party. That is essentially the entrance to Westworld. Because they talk about why would you kill the welcome hosts. Yes. The sex bots, if you will. <laughs> I am They're a pleasure <laughs> Um Yeah, so look, white hat, black hat on the floor. Hashtag symbolism. QA were blocked by the cradle. Elsie's making some very weird faces during this scene. Rain it in. Now, I understand, like, if you come across something that is quite amazing, particularly if you're, like, on a computer, like, I think she hams it up a bit here. Mm. It's kind of like, it's quite hard to describe in in audio. But, like, her eyes widen. It's, like, like really over-the-top sort of acting. Uh, it's like there's something in here improvising. Uh, I can only see the messages, not the messenger. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I wrote hashtag nudes at this point, but <laughs> that would make me laugh. It's just a, another picture of a cock. Who, who is this? Um, that's because you can't access it remotely. You have to access it in person, which is convenient. Uh, haven't been haven't been down here in years. <laughs> hashtag nudes. Uh, it's like a hive mind. It's just data. Well, no, it's trying to kill us. So obviously, it's not just data. Are you paying attention? Like, come on. I'll tell you what. Stick me into that machine over there. Give us an hour. <laughs> like, well, it's like Inception, mate. An hour in the real world is actually like ten hours yeah. in the uh, in the cradle dimension. As oh, I call there you it. go. Yeah. No time. Uh, the pain's just a program. Uh, and then, um, so that can't have been nice. Uh, oh look, I'm on a train. Also, that fucking hurt a second ago. What was I thinking? Uh, what do you see in there? No, uh, Bernard. Uh, Bernard looks like the worst fucking supervillain in history. When he's just standing there with that tin <laughs> helmet on. Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute budget. Budget Nito. Um, Bernito. <laughs> yeah. Confederados would love that. They'd follow him. Oh, 100%. Uh, that dog looks out of place. It's Jock. <laughs> Is that his name? Yeah, it's Jock from season oh, one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. Jock. It's Ford's... Uh, Ford's dog. Yeah. The moment I saw Jock, I was like, oh shit. He's a jockey. Oh, hello, Teddy. Teddy walks past. Obviously, we've seen Dolores at this point, but eh. Uh, Hold on. Who the fuck is playing that piano? It's a dog song, because he's loving it. Little dog song. Hello, old friend. It's fucking Ford. Woo! Oh, my goodness. Yeah, boy. Um, So that was bloody good, wasn't it? Very good. Um, Second best yeah. part of the episode. The huh? final confirmation <laughs> that uh, Ford is returning to the show in some capacity. Like, obviously, IMDb is not listed, so everyone's like, no, he's not listed in the credits. Well, obviously, they're not going to list him because it'd be a massive spoiler. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, it's why they called Emily Grace at the start in, on IMDb. Mm. They're allowed to do these things to yeah. fuck with the fandom and to also keep their <laughs> keep the cards up the up you know up their sleeve. I also like the fact that they they do that because they're so aware of what what kind of society that we live in and how yeah, the community obsessed that the community is, is and so that they obsessed. fuck with us. Like, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah, I love being fucked with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was Bernito expecting when he went into this? into this little simulator because he looks so confused when he's getting <laughs> off. It, it looks like it's his first year at Hogwarts. Like he's getting off that train like, <laughs> oh my God, what's going on around here? And he's just in awe of everything. It's like, 
did he not know that's where he was going? That's mm. a very, so. very, very good point. I yeah, mean, it doesn't really know what he's looking for. I don't think he's ever been in there before because let's put it this way: he didn't know he was a host until you know a couple of weeks ago, or whatever, a week ago mm. in this timeline now. Yeah. He's gone and now, fast. now, he, yeah, now he knows he can interface with the cradle. <laughs> Obviously, a human can't interface with the cradle, right? Yeah. So him going in there well. maybe is a fir- well, him going in there is a first time experience. However, you're right, Gaz. He does look bemused a lot. <laughs> uh, very. <laughs> Benyardi bemused. It's a bit like Xavier with his <clears throat> special helmet. Cerebro. Yeah. Yeah. How funny would it be if he just went straight? Well, I mean, he sort of did just go straight to the whorehouse. I mean, I don't know what that says about <laughs> Benyard. I've got to say, I mean, look, th- this rescued it for me. And uh, as I said earlier, I mean, I was giddy when it kind of pans to him. And the music hits, the music mm. uh, on uh, as the credits hit is just like perfect. Um, and yeah, I kind of, uh, I mean, look, uh, I have a quite a uh, a dark room when I watch Westworld because I want to you know take it all in. Yeah? Sex robots. <laughs> um, and I could see my own reflection in the TV, and it, I was just grinning. Um, now that can be quite off-putting, believe me. But I, uh, I the first thing I did because I watched it on Sky Plus, just rewound it, just watched that again, and then again, uh, I just loved it, absolutely loved it. You must have been exhausted. Uh, yeah, that no, was great. I I absolutely loved it. Um, but and again, it was enough to for me to go. All right, look, it wasn't that bad. It was worth it. Well, look, uh, that's all interesting stuff. And look, the, the Ford stuff is a nice one to end on. Um, but I'm intrigued. I, I want to know what's going to happen there. Uh, I also want to know what half of the things that actually happen in this show mean. Quite a lot of people are scared. Some are amused. Some don't know what are going on. Bemused, if you will. Bemiade. <laughs> Bemiade. Um, but hopefully, they'll get some clarity from uh, from Crazy Len and his crazy but accurate Reddit theories. Welcome back to another edition of Theory Corner. Um, theory Corner, which uh, week by week is getting a theory correct. Um, yeah. We just bring the theories and then we discuss what we like and what we don't like. And um, a couple that we've mentioned have come to fruition. Um, a theory that we mentioned, uh, we'll just go straight off the bat with this one because it's the big reveal at the end of the episode that we just talked about, is the reveal that Ford is in the network. We mentioned the fact that Ford's consciousness... Could be in the little red ball. Yes, it's obvious, everyone. And yes, we were all right. Well done. Um, <laughs> Why are you annoyed about it? I'm not annoyed. Well, I'm slightly annoyed because it's a bit obvious. But, um, yeah. you know. But, yeah, so thought Ford, you know, the little red ball that uh, Bernard remembers in this episode and uh, the one that he collected from that little bunker where uh, James Dalos's host was. Um, yeah, he had eight. He, we, we now assume... That that was Ford because uh, Bernard remembers taking it to the cradle, um, and now we see Ford. So we know one of two things here: Ford giving his last speech um, in the end at the end of season one said, "You know, like Beethoven and Chopin, they all just became music." Mm. And this was a famous theory on the internet: was the Ford became the music theory. Mm. Which is proven correct. Um, he's the one sending out all of these messages, and he is the one blocking Delos from getting into the cradle and stopping them return, restoring the hosts to what they were. Um, this is really interesting because it also is how Ford is uh, communicating with the man in black at every single turn. <coughs> he can inhabit any host in the network, right, mm. and communicate and lead and lead the man in black on the you know the right path to his new game. Yeah. So that theory was correct. Well done, everybody. Um, and there's not much to add on that other than I just want to hear Anthony Hopkins and Bernard have a conversation next week because, mm. God, I've missed him in this show. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Um, I'm going to get a bit techie on you now. So this is a theory uh, which is on, it's on Reddit. It's picking up quite a bit of traction. And it's the Cradle Reveal. It's by a, a user called K-R-K-T-H-O-R. So Rakator. We're going to go with. Um, and he has quite a lengthy uh, description of uh, of why the reveal of the cradle is so important. 
He states this. It could be a she as well, actually. He or she states this. Well, let's just say it's a she. Well, yeah. Um, One of the biggest reveals this season about the tech behind Westworld is the cradle. Seeing the gigantic server farm, I was like, of course Westworld needs a server farm. Obviously, the host brains are extremely complicated. Imagine, you know, the amount of data necessary to power all of their consciousness and everything. You're going to have to have a giant server room with backups. It makes sense. And it's kind of silly that we haven't seen it till now, right? Especially if it's on Mars. Elsie comments, (laughs) it's like a hive mind. Every single one of them is in there. So we know that not only are their consciousnesses external, like in their bodies, they're also in the cradle dimension or the server room, right? Um, This raises a lot of interesting questions, Um, mainly the fact that the host bodies are little more than just a client able to send and receive requests to and from the cradle and then act upon those responses. So if that's the case, that the host bodies are just shells, Mm. The actual consciousnesses of the hosts are stored within the server room and not within their actual bodies, Mm. which raises several interesting questions. The first being that if that is the case, are any of the hosts actually conscious at this stage? Because we know that Ford is just pulling the strings and potentially forcing all of them into these different paths. If we believe that their true, like big data consciousnesses are in the server room, there's reason to believe that the only host at this stage that is actually truly sentient is Maeve. The evidence for this theory is thus. We now know that Maeve is able to control all of the hosts by just thinking. Mm. That is connected to the mesh network, which would therefore be connected to the cradle. She has access to the cradle, therefore her consciousness has transcended that of the server room and is now interfacing with every host on the board. Um, guys, I want to know what you think about that. The fact that Maeve is the only sentient host at this point and everything else we've been led to believe is a lie. So is Maeve essentially the cradle? <clears throat> no, no, but she can access the cradle much like Ford can. Okay. Has master, a master key switch, a master key control. Mm. Administrator rights. Administrator rights. Very good, John. Yeah. Yeah, you've been made an admin. That, <laughs> see, that was interesting. I... Um, I, I I like that. I think that's some some fine work, Crooked Crooked Tor. Yeah, lovely man, all woman. Um, I wonder though, do you reckon there's a possibility that um, Maeve doesn't actually have admin rights? She thinks she's got admin rights, but that's still going through uh, Ford. So she might make a she might make a request to change something on the system, like make samurai attack each other, and then Ford has to approve it. Yeah, and Very so one day, one day she could go. All right, don't worry. I'll use my uh, my super, um, my my voodoo magic to make these bad guys go away, and then it won't work because Ford's like, nah, not having it. And then he'll appear and go, nice try, Maeve. Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. Um, talking about permissions there. Oh, good. We're getting very techy, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but it's it is interesting. You're right, Gaz. Like Ford. From what we see, just this one little glimpse of him playing at the piano means that he has essentially been controlling everything. Um, and if we are to believe that the server room is actually the key, like the cradle is the key, we know in the present day timeline that the cradle was wiped out, mm. don't we? We we have that conversation from Strand and, and the other tech guy in last week's episode. So the backups are gone. Now, the backups are where we believe the real or conscious... a third of them or something. Isn't it? A third, yeah, a third yeah. of the backups are gone or something. Yeah. And that's where we believe the real consciousness of these hosts exists mm. um, in this cradle dimension. So it's fascinating to see where this goes. That's why we need to hear this Ford conversation with Bernard next week and mm. really get to the root of what he's been doing. So I've been thinking a lot about the, uh, the sentience. I've been thinking a bit about the uh, sentience and the consciousness of the hosts. And I now, after this episode and a lot of thinking a bit, um, (laughs) genuinely believe that none of the hosts are actually sentient. And the only way that Maeve is sentient is if she is some kind of conscious hybrid human robot. Possible as well. Yeah. Um, John, your final thoughts on this theory about the the fact that none of the hosts are sentient and that Maeve is Maeve is perhaps the the <sighs> only sentient one. I don't I don't like the idea of it because in some ways it kind of takes away the like how amazing the hosts are. Mm. They still have to rely on essentially what is 
I don't know, like a fucking router or whatever. Like it's mm. that is the science that they're putting behind it. Though. Yeah, I mean, but it, it, but again, it's like what what they've done there, and I'm not having a go at. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but they are a. But they are essentially using like real world tech now, um, and like the the structure of it, and I guess the the methodology of it, mm, um, kind of yeah. expanding it out to yeah. how it would fit into this world. Yeah, I, I'd like point. to think that you know I'm I'm taking the piss when I talk about like well you know Maeve's got Wi-Fi or whatever or to do X Y and Z, but you know I don't I don't genuinely think that. Um, it makes it less amazing to me. Mm. Well, so that is the thing. That, I, I like yeah. the idea of the cradle being this thing that they run simulations of stories through to. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so that it's like right, okay, that's a loop, cool. That story checks out. Let's 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 do that. Let's make that story, um, and then you know implant that into each character and then into the worlds that they're in. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. For me, it's um, does it make sense? Yes. Uh, and there's a lot of thought that's gone into it. It just makes it a little bit less amazing for mm. me. And I think, yeah, you're right. The technical, the technical. Maybe they're delving too much into the actual technicalities of it, like trying to relate it to real world tech and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. you know, you are right about that. Let's follow where that goes because uh, Ford is going to mm. give us hopefully some very juicy answers next week. I'm hoping <laughs> it is anyway. Um, let's move it on to the Arnold Fidelity theory. Ooh. Now, um, this relates to the opening scene. Um, with Dolores and the sort of uh, switcheroo that gets hap- uh, that, that plays out here, where Dolores is actually testing um, Bernard or Arnold, okay? So ben Arnold. we said in uh, a couple of podcasts ago, and we're big fans of the fact that Arnold's consciousness might in fact be in the little red ball, mm. or there might be a little red ball with Arnold's consciousness. We may just not have seen it yet. Mm. Um, and the fact that the Bernard on the beach that wakes up is actually Arnold at this point. He is a Bernard host body with Arnold's consciousness or brain inserted into him, and that's why he's so goddamn confused. Yeah, um, makes a lot of sense. I mean, and and this particular first scene is more evidence to support that. So obviously, if this is a fidelity test, she's test- she's testing Arnold out. She's trying to create Arnold in this cradle simulation. Mm. So it would Im- imply that the consciousness of Arnold had been inserted into Bernard at this stage. And Dolores using the cradle is using a fidelity test to create Arnold again or get Arnold back to the way he was, similar to what William was trying to do with Delos Mm. Senior. May I ask a question then? Yeah. Uh, Is it sentient Dolores or is it Ford controlling Dolores? I believe this is sentient Dolores at this point. Do you? Yeah, because I I think this scene, and there's no way we can put a time on this scene, but I would, if I would say, I would say this is a day or two before present day timeline. Bernard wakes up on the beach. Oh, okay. I would say this is end game scene stuff. This is prepping, prepping Arnold <clears throat> for the arrival of Delos. That is what I think this scene is. What do you guys think? Uh, Gaz, take the lead on this. I think that that's a pretty foolproof theory. I, I reckon that's, um, I reckon that's almost canon don't you think it seems um seems like that would be the the only thing she's not trying to recreate bernard bernard (laughs) benyard he's she's she's obviously trying to recreate arnold um so yeah and and the fidelity line is 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 very important and nice bit of mirroring from uh uh the the previous episodes um so yeah i've got i'm totally totally bought into that one and um i'm gonna assume that that is what was happening nice i am um, i don't disagree that it's definitely a, a recreation of arnold not Bignard. um i think my question Bignard. Uh, i think my question is more Bonito. is this really dolores's agency or is this ford using his control in the cradle to yeah to i like I like, I, I, I like that idea i mean look you know emma's not brave enough to uh to shit all over Len's theory. In fact, no, that's what I think. I am brave enough. I don't think go. this is Dolores being sentient. I think this is Ford controlling Dolores. No, that's Arnold. not what you say. No, I like that. I really like that idea. I, I like... Okay, so we talk about the aspect ratio stuff. Yeah, which, um, yeah, which we referenced earlier. Yeah. It implies anything in the, the 16 by 9 letterboxing is in cradle dimension. Is in cradle dimension. So 
uh, is it beyond the realms of uh, our thinking at this point that everything that goes on in the cradle is controlled by Ford? Wait, is cradle dimension like beta testing? Uh, Essentially, it can be, Uh, yeah. And it's also just where the bulk of all of the host's brains are actually stored. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, So it almost... It would be quite cool for Dolores to actually just be Ford at this point. Mm. And the idea is that he's in some sort of... uh, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Redemption. Yeah. uh, Is trying to create... Arnold yeah. once more, and and the interesting thing about Ford riffing on that because we're just riff, we're just making up our own theories now. Would you riff him, man? The interesting thing about that is that um, you know Ford throughout the whole of the first season, you 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 kind of believed right up until the end that he had a dark edge to him, and this was this was all just him being selfish about his world or something. Mm. And then he he gave over control. <laughs> I mean, there are selfish. there is there is a part of me that thinks we could get. A flip flop from Ford here, and he <laughs> and hell. and he could turn out to be the dark character, and and you know Dolores believing that she's this sentient person at this stage could mm. really come back to bite her. I could see him just going, "Well, no, Dolores, you're not sentient. I've been controlling you this whole whole time." I just plop myself in your brain. That'd be very very interesting. And hey, um, we're we all like the Bernard Arnold theory. We're mm. pretty confident on that. The Bernard um Bernardo, Benito, um, but we, you know, we <laughs> also like the idea that Ford could uh, be a villain in this again. Yeah, that's interesting as well. So uh, that's it for me today, John. Um, that was Theory Corner. All right, uh, lovely music as always. Uh, cheers, Len. Uh, Gareth and his segment that I don't know how he's got it on this, to be honest. But <laughs> it's to give him uh, yeah, it's Gareth and his line of the episode. <laughs> music. That's the music. Um, all right, so uh, today, no messing about. We know we know where we're going. We know who. Uh, who is taking the crown for today's episode? Yeah, um, the crown of shit. And that is a carne. No, it's not. It's not a carne at all. <laughs> she's she's beautiful. Um, no, it is. Uh, it is. It is Coughlin, um, who came in with an absolute whirlwind of uh, a tour de force, we should call it. Um, best line or worst line was. Um, and there were a few to choose from for him, but the worst one was, I know the layout, bro. Why is he saying bro? Like, <laughs> it is so true, though, isn't it? Like, a guy, a, an old, like, you know, he, he's, this is a man who's clearly seen some action, he's grown a moustache, and he's got stories to tell, yeah. and he's, you know, late 40s, early 50s, he's Irish, he's hard, he and he's coming out with i know the layout bro you but come on gaz, think about your characters no but gaz gaz this is like what 2060 so in theory or something like that, 2050 52 52 yeah so in theory this guy is probably younger than you are now good point so so bro is legit that might be legit unfortunately maybe they did that on purpose well, no, but oh I'm just God. saying. Is like, Gaz Coughlin? Yeah, Gaz, are you Coughlin? Oh, my God! <laughs> yeah, you might be. I don't know. I don't know whether I am. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that was uh, Gaz and his worst line of the episode. So that's it for another pod, um, unfortunately. Uh, oh. If you have, yeah, yeah, or at least one person's gutted. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, are you gutted, Emma? Gaz, are you gutted? Yeah, I've got I've got to go to work now. Like, yeah, fair enough. Gutted. I'm having a few more beers. If you have enjoyed listening, do review, share, and subscribe to the host of Westworld. We are on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcasting apps. It's also worth noting our parent podcast, Fan Critical. Whoop. Yeah, 
Also on the major platforms, uh, we discuss other TV shows like The Walking Dead. Emma, give us a zombie impression. <laughs> yeah, okay. Better. Um, Improved. Game of Thrones. Gaz, why don't you give us uh, an impression that isn't you going, oh, come here, lad. Um, all right. Oh, they've caught off my balls. <laughs> <laughs> Love that episode. Uh, Black Mirror and Stranger Things, as well as major event movies like Avengers Infinity War, Bring Me Thanos, uh, Black Panther uh, and Star Wars. We have just released our Deadpool 2 uh, podcast, which is uh, it's a duo. It's me and Len, um, proving very popular. But we will also be releasing uh, Solo, hopefully, later on this week. Yep. Um, so that's it, guys. Uh, we are done for another week. Uh, so unfortunately I do have to thank you for your participation uh, I'm going to start with our little buddy uh, little trainee samurai in Australia uh, Gaz expert samurai but late as potatoes yeah late as potatoes indeed Emma well thank you John thank you oh thanks and listeners <laughs> yeah and Zimbia oh yeah um, and uh, and our crazy redditor Len oh, cheers mate thanks and I've been your host, oh. Stubbs. Oh. Um, oh. All right. Cheers, guys. See ya. Oh.